Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome, poker pals out there. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, bringing you another edition of Poker Action Line, where we discuss the latest news around the world of poker. Uh, a lot of stuff happening down here. Obviously, last week when we were on the show, they were finishing up the main event out in Las Vegas for the Seminole Showdown. So that is in the books now. Also, the day after we finished the show, the Seminole Indian Compact with the state of Florida was, was uh, ratified by the legislature. Uh, I don't know if we're any clearer, Joe, to what the future is going to bring because we got lots of legal stuff uh, still to happen. Well, yeah, there's going to be a few things that are going to be challenged there, but um, the, the 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 part that's going to be a little tougher is more for the paramutuals than it is for the Indians. I I believe they're going to go ahead uh, starting October 15th with sports betting, and um, you know I don't see how that's going to be knocked down, but. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there that uh, there's a lot of paramutuals that are very interested in that. And uh, I believe you mentioned in the last week's show that the decoupling has definitely uh, occurred, too. Yeah, it definitely passed. And and there was a late uh, attempt by the harness racing people to pull that out. And the House agreed. They took it out of their bill. Uh, they sent it over to the Senate, and the Senate uh, didn't buy it. They said, uh, no, we're not taking out the harness racing. That will be decoupled along with Hi-Li. Uh, somehow, um, you know, thoroughbred racing is a little bit too successful for them to take that out. But uh, yep. uh, they will be – Gulfstream will have to continue to operate, as will Tampa Bay Downs. But uh, the end is near for uh, the Isle harness racing. Uh, It's still to be determined whether uh, they will be forced somehow to have some sort of paramutual. So will they go with a short court highlight development? uh, No, they don't uh, have to. It doesn't look like they do, but, you know, for some reason. I'm telling you right now, they won't have to. Well, Um, all I can say is anything can happen once it starts getting in the courts and things are uh, peeled back. Because the people once, you know, uh, we were already (laughs) – we were already told that a decision has to be made by sometime in October whether we're, we'll be running High Lie. Well, I, I've heard that Miami will not run High Lie again. That is correct. I'm Well, I wouldn't say that. They may run partidos and special events. But special as far events, as they, but not, not as a paramutual sport. That is correct. Yeah. And I do Which understand Which is the end of a long era. You know that, Joe. Uh, 1926, uh, that building was It's a damn uh, was, shame. Was it really built. is. Uh, just for those who uh, know the history of High Lie, 1924, it was played in Hialeah, and that building was knocked down by a great hurricane in 26. So they immediately rebuilt in uh, the current location, and uh, that was known as Biscayne High Lie for many years. They brought in paramutual wagering in 1935, and so they've been there, you know. For a, for a tremendous amount of time, 94 years, and it's the end of a long era that when, at one time, Highlight was, you know, tremendously popular and uh, packed crowds of at least 3,000 people every single day and uh, many times up over five or 6,000. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And let me tell you, Dave, uh, I was talking to one of our hosts now, used to be a player for you guys and for us. Um, and he says that the, the collective bargaining agreement that they have with Danius is still there for two years. So I, I, the only thing I'm curious is whether they have to negotiate that or not. Well, they could they could work out some sort of bout if they wanted to, but uh, the, the Argentines that own Dania Hanna do not work that way. Uh, they're not going to give up on Highlight yet. They are losing money on it. But they feel like you know they still have a chance to keep developing it, and they do not want to pull the pull the rug out from under the players uh, that have signed that collective bargaining agreement, uh, which is good through March of 2023. So I think Dania is going to be alive and well soon. Calder, uh, they could be gone at the end of June. Uh, they have to let the players know. Yeah, they have to let the players know that. Uh, 
you know, what they're going to do by June 16th. And then it's possible that they could take end the season on uh, June 30th. They are slated to play through uh, the end of August, but uh, I don't know if that's going to make it. Uh, the other thing uh, that you mentioned there, Magic City seems to have uh, some good ideas about what they want to do with the future of the sport, changing it from a paramutual sport to more of a uh, tennis-like situation with, with head-on, head-to-head play and uh, some sort of betting well, on that. that's what they do in Europe. That's what right. they do in Europe. Right? Well, they do, they do have a lot of big partidos over there, but uh, and, you know, there's obviously betting on it, but they think they have a tie-in with one of the casinos here in the United States, I believe, is from what I've heard, the rumors. And, uh, you know, they may want to explore that since sports betting is coming to many states. Um, but to get off the highlight bandwagon, unfortunately, uh, I, I will mention, uh, as far as sports betting goes, the states keep adding it. Uh, the parents, that Maryland is the latest. Uh, they are going to have a, a very big sports betting set up there. And with a strong uh, poker scene in Maryland, I would think that maybe online poker could be coming there next. Yeah, you know, it all depends on their their uh, anti-gambling uh, opposition over there. Um, because I know that that's one of the things that was taken off out of the compact down here. Down here, but uh, they seem uh, very, very strong on uh, uh, sports betting, even talking about the professional stadiums uh, where the Ravens play, the Orioles play, and the Washington football team should be able to offer sports wagering. They're saying that Laurel Park, Pimlico, State Fairgrounds may as well be able to offer uh, sports betting. Even sports bars and minor league stadiums and small businesses can apply for online betting licenses. For that, there's no real mention yet of um, of poker, uh, but uh, that certainly uh, should be coming soon. But uh, they have passed that. Uh, the governor, Larry Hogan, very strong supporter, signed the betting bill last week. And uh, the other state that's uh, on the verge of doing this is Connecticut, which uh, has been ratified uh, an agreement with the tribe up there, the two tribes, uh, the... Uh, that own the Foxwoods and the Mohegan Sun, it, it appears that they will both get online poker uh, and only them. You know, there's talk, there was talk that maybe to try to expand it up there, but uh, online sports betting uh, appears to be on the way. And the governor has decided that the sports betting, he wants to be tied in with the Connecticut lottery and he's going to leave the poker to uh, the uh, Mashantuck and Pequot Indians and the Mohegan Indians. You notice the trend there, right? Right. I don't, I don't believe there's any Indian gaming in Maryland. So they're going to go ahead and open everything up. You know, I, I believe one of the people that's going to be suing uh, the state of Florida, um, not so much to not have sports gambling, but the way it is <clears throat> that it's all tied in with the Seminoles is, uh, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel and, you know, right. a lot of people who want to get in on that action. And they don't so, want to allow the mobile betting, but uh, may accept uh, betting that if you're physically on the Indian properties. Right. And my guess is they'll allow mobile betting if you're able to set up accounts just strictly with them. Right. You know, um, like I said, somehow I have a very strong feeling this will be all worked out, obviously, by the by the target date of October 15th, which is, I believe, when the pack you know, goes into, uh, into effect. So, right. um, that's going to be interesting, Dave. I've, I've asked questions. No one knows how to answer this, whether, you know, once that time comes, they allow the paramutuals places like us that are, you know, just rocking and ready to go. Um, because we have the William Hill in there, which is now owned by Caesars, uh, to accept bets and, 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 you know, while this is being challenged in the courts, if that will allow us to do that. So uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to be uh, negotiated and, and discussed and aired out in the courts between now and then. Right, right. There'll be a lot of stuff handling here. But I just 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 to give people a couple of numbers for some ideas of this is the support that's out there uh, in Connecticut. The House of Representatives passed their bill 34 to six. They've sent it on to the Senate, which uh, they don't believe is going to be any problem to pass it there. In Maryland, 
the number was even greater. It was uh, 122 to 121. 122 to 21 was the vote there, uh, passing it in uh, in Maryland. So that's about to happen there too. Uh, down here in Florida, the compact was passed the next day after our show last week. We had already known that it was sliding through the House and the Senate was going to be, or through the Senate, which went first, uh, 38 to 1 was the number there in the Senate, sent it over to the House. And there was some opposition. And the one bad thing that happened there, and, uh, there was uh, several lawmakers that were completely against the little clause at the end of the compact in a section called miscellaneous that said that the state would be required to discuss online gaming, online casinos and poker with the state within three years. Uh, very vague uh, little, little comment there, but they opposed that and uh, Governor DeSantis decided that he would take that out of the compact. So there is no commitment for the state to uh, negotiate in the future. Of course, it uh, doesn't ban negotiating in the future, but uh, we'll see what happens. But there was a lot of opposition from the people and still is that they're going to take this amendment three vote that supposedly left any expansion of gaming to the voters and not to the legislature. Uh, there's going to be some court suits in that and we'll see that over the next few months. So the first thing that needs to be done for the state of Florida is to pass this compact along to the Department of the Interior and they have 45 days whether to uh, approve it or not. I uh, don't believe there's any major opposition there, so it may not take that long, but they have as much time as they want to think it over within the 45 days. And then uh, let the lawsuits begin. Um, NoCasinos.org is the major proponent uh, against this thing, but there are several others. You know that there's some Disney cash uh, against gambling, and they may continue to do that. Of course, uh, the $24 million that the Seminoles put in to Amendment 3, um, that campaign, uh, you know, is now not going to be available to those people. So uh, it makes it a little tougher, but uh, who knows what they're going to do. And I, I think there is still some opposition. Uh, I think if you talk to the man on the street in Florida, they're wondering what the big deal is. Uh, you know, all that stuff that people told us about crime and the big problems it was going to cause and and suicides and uh, people going broke. And, you know, some of that happened, I'm sure. But uh, the, it was not a major impact on this uh, South Florida area. No, and I don't think it's been a major impact anywhere where they put casinos. Um, you know, there are problems because there are people that just can't control themselves or addicted to gambling and, um, you know, but what people don't realize, uh, you know, after being a lifetime involved in, with people like that since I'm like 13, 14 years old is, <laughs> excuse me, is that fact that, um, you know, they're going to find a way to gamble regardless. Right. And, you know, people tell me, oh, it's, it's zero. No, the casinos, they're real easy. Guess what? You know, uh, it, it doesn't matter. They will find a way to get there. You have to address that problem differently than just saying, oh, I don't want to put up a casino there. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think it's always been the way uh, that uh, anti-gambling forces have tried to hold it off for years and years. I can remember the times when they said, uh, you know, we just can't have gambling here. And despite, you know, guys like Neil Rogers uh, telling uh, telling people how, uh, you know, we would blow Atlantic City out of the water and become the all-time destination. Vegas couldn't be able to hold a candle to us if we brought casinos in. This was 30 years ago. Finally, they brought them in, but, you know, people would say, no, we can't have this. It's going to be a big problem. And what they would do is say, you know, there's other places where you can gamble. People jumped on a plane in 18 minutes to the Bahamas. They could go bet, uh, you know, craps and roulette and all sorts of things. Uh, people in northern Florida, anywhere north of Tampa, could jump in their car, drive up to past the Panhandle into uh, Mississippi or Alabama, a couple of other places. So it's always been there. It's there. They can get it if they want to. And they'll find a way to go to bet illegally if they have to. <laughs> Please. And there's, you know... The you could have gotten on a boat to gamble, um, you know. The cruises to nowhere, uh, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, Make it you know, inconvenient I, for them. That's that's I think was their uh, mantra. So you know, to me, it was really stupid. 
I have I had no idea Neil Rogers had been saying that, but I used oh. to tell that to people. Yeah. I go if if casino gambling were to come to, to the state of Florida, you know, with the beaches, with Disney being in the center of the state and all the other you know the forms of you know beautiful things that are in our in our state here, Dave. You know, uh, New Jersey would possibly be a ghost town that you know and he was talking about that when jersey and atlantic city were the only two casino uh venues in the united states i I think it would put such a crimp in the bahamas that you know don't know what would have happened there yeah and and joe costello uh you can jump in here uh, momentarily but uh (laughs) But uh, Neil Rogers, uh, who I worked for uh, for a little while, produced his show for a little while years ago. Uh, I can just remember when he did all these uh, uh, shows on politics and uh, social uh, justice and, and, and many, many things that are popular now. But, but Neil would, uh, would talk about gambling and he would talk about things like um, the people in the, in the city of Miami that drove away a major film known as Scarface because they were worried about the content of the film and that they couldn't have people shooting here. Well, what did they do? They went back to Los Angeles and shot all the interiors after they got a few uh, outdoor shots here and cost this town and in the the film industry of South Florida just millions and millions of dollars. Just leave it to... Leave it to Miami to, to ruin a good thing. There were also stories of Miami being considered as the permanent home of the Super Bowl early right. on, and they ruined that because they did not want to update uh, the Orange Bowl at the time. I've been thinking about Neil a lot with the uh, harness racing problem. There were a couple of times right. that I went over to Pompano Park uh, and, and met Neil, and Fat Rich was over there, and you know, not just pass by and, and hang with him for a few minutes and then get out of their way because obviously, you know, you don't want to annoy Neil when he's out there having a good time. But it's just a consistent trend. But is that unique to South Florida or do we just know it? Is it unique to Florida or do we just know it best here because we are here? Does every state have a similar uh, problem with failing so epically? I'm sure they do. And it's not unique, but uh, it certainly is worse here than most places. Let's put it that way. I can I can I can I can talk to New Jersey because I was there for all for all the votes, Joe. Um, the talk was, and, and the mayor of my town, uh, William V. Musto, was the uh, they like to call him the Godfather of the lottery, and uh, you know, and casino gambling in New Jersey. He's the one who pushed for both of those. Um, here's the funny part: everyone in the state knew that. The casinos would have been put in Atlantic City to save Atlantic City, which was dying. To be honest with you, it was, it was very ugly, and you know the great history that it had. It was dying. They po- posted the vote, and the vote failed miserably. Um, I don't remember the exact timetable that they had, but you know then they corrected it and they said, "Okay, you know we understand. We want to just put it at and." The rest of the state, the other, you know, uh, shoreline uh, cities wanted it to be there, so they put down it would be in the shore, south, <laughs> the shore of New Jersey. Once again, the vote failed, and only when they decided that, you know, they designated Atlantic City solely as the place uh, for the casinos did it pass. So, and the people who were going against it were constantly saying, well, they can build a casino in your backyard, and blah, 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 blah. And I remember that was the rhetoric that they were going through. Yes. Yeah. Well, did it, didn't it? it ultimately fail anyway, Atlantic City, for various other reasons? And now that we look back, not that it's dead or anything, but from what I understand, and you know better than me, and that's something that I've considered I don't believe prohibition works, and I'm open for free market, and I think South Florida exactly. Listen, Neil got me too. He's right. Vegas with beaches. We could have the most amazing thing going here and even amp up our tourism much larger than it is because why would you go there if you could come here is the question. And uh, it's fine, but you do have to do things the right way. And from what I understand, and Joe, you answer this, in New Jersey, they didn't, help the local community at all so you had to go through an area that was depressed 
and two blocks away from these palatial casinos was you know blight and very uh, challenging situations. And so the employees, the people who worked there, the people around there, were you genuinely safe? All of that stuff were in question. And uh, they should make sure that they do it properly here. Um, and maybe they will. And I hope that they do. But there's a right way and a wrong way. You're absolutely correct, Joe. Uh, let me tell you, they, you know, the talk was, you know, when we voted for that, was the fact that, you know, they would definitely help an e- economically struggling area, you know, and revitalize, you know, Atlantic City. And you couldn't have said it any better, brother. The, you know, you, you walk more than a block off, off the boardwalk, and uh, you definitely didn't want to be there at night, let me tell you that much. So, you know, you stayed to the casinos and to the boardwalk, and that was it. And, I, don't, you know, it's been a while since I've been there, but, you know, we are talking, you know, 35, 60, 35 to 36 years, um, you know, when they got it the last time that I was there. And there wasn't much change, Joe, at least not, not, from, a, not from a standpoint where you could see it, physically see it, so... I don't know if it's helped, uh, you know, the educational system like, the, like you know, the, like they earmarked the money here in Florida. But uh, they definitely, at least I didn't see anything that they promised to, to do stuff to Atlantic City, and, and it, it's definitely not there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's move on to some other topics. There's lots of news out there, and I wanted to start yeah. off with... One other thing we, Joe, you wanted to finish I up just, I just had one more for you because you're, you guys okay. are the guys that know, and this is a question that I've had uh, for the listeners out there. I am as interested in this as any topic because of what Dave just said, working with Neil, going all the way back, casinos in South Florida, what would it be like? What would they be like? How would they do it? So, of course, we know we've got the Guitar Hotel, um, and, and the discussion is, you know, there's 441. It was always a, a blighted, terrible road. And they're doing a lot of things to nicen it up. And I'm just wondering if in this new deal, they were or were not allowed to lease some of their uh, tribal lands to other casino builders so that we could get somewhat of a strip going, right? Like maybe another major thing across the street from the Guitar Hotel, maybe, you know, two or three uh areas there, which I think, as much it would be competition for the Guitar Hotel, it would also be an attraction. Look at Vegas, right? Like, you go to all of the casinos when you go there. You stay in one, you stay in the other, you gamble in them all. I think that would be amazing in that area, and I had heard that that was a possibility, but I never got a follow-up on it. What do you know? Well, well, they uh, they probably wouldn't be able to lease out any permissions to other people, but they're allowed to do it themselves, which they have expressed a complete interest in doing, building three other casinos on this land. That was part of the uh, compact agreement. So, uh, you know, right in that area, and like you say, there's have plenty of land there, and uh, – uh, I think there's a good chance they will try to get into a few new things. Uh, you know, the Qatar Hotel is such a huge draw around the country that, uh, hey, the sky's the limit. They could come up with some really new plans to make things very interesting. And with the music uh, motif that they have, you know, you start just picking out in- instruments <laughs> and uh, build new hotels. We'll have the Banjo Hotel, we'll have the Harmonica Hotel, and, and much more. Drum kit. Okay, I, and, and that's what I had thought, and, and we see it starting to happen, and I think it's a good idea. I was just wondering what they're uh, legally, were they allowed to, to lease to, you know, the wind? Could the wind build something on tribal lands if they go through the Seminoles? That's, that's what I was wondering if was possible. Right. It looks like Joe, it's headed that way. It really is. I, I seriously doubt anybody else or the Seminoles would want to have direct competition, uh, you know, They'd rather be the only one than to have any other hotel anywhere near them. Um, as we see in Vegas, you know, you've got two large groups that are majority owners of, you know, 70 or 80 percent of the casinos that are out there, hotels that are out there. But uh, I don't believe the Seminoles, Dave, maybe you can correct me if you've followed this a little stronger than I have, but I don't believe the Seminoles, you know, they, they could have had craps and roulette. No, they'll get Four, that. Five, six they'll... years ago. Oh, right. And they right. just they they completely refused to give the paramutuals, you know, uh, those crumbs. 
they fought the DP games, and uh, you know, obviously they were they were paying a, a large price uh, to the state to be allowed that, but right. when they were given that opportunity. They said no, thank you. So. Well, from what I hear, the the paramutuals were making good money on that. Uh, there was a lot of question whether it was legal or not, but the player bank games have been successful, although small. You know, most of the places have maybe two or three tables going. That's about it. But uh, the Seminoles have given that up, fighting that, giving giving it up, uh, in exchange for roulette and craps now. So they'll have all the table games. Uh, it will be exciting. They will be able to add those other casinos. And uh, the sports betting, uh, what the final form is going to be, we just don't know right at this point. But uh, their hope is to have it going by October the 15th. Hopefully they will tie in a few of the major uh, paramutuals. Hopefully your your place is one of them. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, every it's, it's like anything with these uh, when there's building here in South Florida. You want to get things done before the season. Uh, they did agree that it would take some time to set up the regulations, and they did bump it back to a date of October the 15th if it goes through. But at least by next season, let's put it that way, uh, and at least uh, by the big tourist season over the winter, we'll have a lot uh, more action in town. Yeah, that the GPS signal is the one. Also, one thing that they took out of the, the pack, Dave, that I was told was the online casino that a lot of people were against. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Both online casinos and online poker was just a little, you know, there was nothing specific in there. But in the miscellaneous section, they did uh, make a point that they needed to, the state needed to negotiate with the Indians for online gaming in a in the over the next three years at some point that the the, the deadline was going to be in three years uh but the governor took that out because there was a lot of pushback on that up in tallahassee uh especially from the senate and uh you know that is gone now so uh there's there's nothing imminent as far as online poker or online casinos here in, in florida yeah well listen uh, florida seems to always take a lot longer than the other states to you know to, yeah, to we're get, last. We're usually to last. To get their head out of the sand, let's put it that way, <laughs> instead of somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's, let's, let's see. We need to get started. Listen, yeah. it took, I don't know how many years to give us uh, the uh, take away the $10 pot restriction and play a, a, a $0.50 cent dollar game to a few more years before they finally opened it up. And I mean, you know, they, they kept coming up with idiotic restrictions. And, and, and now, we, now we can look back and say all that Falderall and all, all the people that were against changing those rules uh, have no basis, in fact, uh, for having done that. Yeah, but, you know, you get one idiot steps out of the way or gets voted out of the way and another idiot comes into comes yes. in its place. You know, it, it really is. The state is so divided. You know, when it comes to issues like this, so yeah. Okay, well, let's just switch gears a little bit. Uh, when we were on last week, we were down to the final table out in Vegas for the uh, Seminole Showdown. Let's just give you the quick results. Uh, the two chip leaders heading in were Sonny Franco and Brett Shutton, Breck Shutton, I should say. And then, then we had uh, our friend uh, Ken Aldridge, kind of right in the middle there, along with uh, uh, Albert. Uh, Calderon, Vietvo, and Steve Snyder. Those were the four other players. Uh, Shutton holds on to win over Snyder. Uh, when I got home last week, I turned on the um, the broadcast on uh, Poker Go, and they were down to two players, and it was uh, Shutton and Snyder. And I re found out later that Ken Aldridge was the first player knocked out at the final table. That was the one I was cheering for. So uh, there's not a big surprise there. But he went out when he went all in with King Nine of Diamonds uh, going up against Shutton's Pocket Fives, and uh, the Fives held up. So he was the first one out. He made 261000 so a nice payday. But as we talked about last week on the show, uh, making a tribute to Mike Sexton, getting his name on the trophy was the thing he really wanted, and he'll have to make that another time. Uh, Shutton wins $1.261 million for first place in the Seminole Showdown. Steven Snyder, 899000 and uh, Vietvo finished third, 593. Sonny Franco fourth, 438,000. And then Calderon and Aldridge uh, rounding out the list. Also, the other thing that came out of that tournament was the end of season 18 and the player of the year, Brian Altman, who uh, won the seminal Lucky Hearts Open back in January. And uh, 
had several good finishes and to finish in first place in the player of the year race. So they start off with season 19 very soon with a tournament in Tampa on June the 18th, the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa tournament starts then. Um, kind of wondering how many uh, players will head up from South Florida. You know, for years we've had the Tampa players drive down here and participate in Hollywood. Uh, any discussion at your rooms of people that are interested in seeing Tampa for the first time? Not at all, Dave. No? Okay. Uh, my regular people are, you know, cash players. And <clears throat> to be honest with you, you know, my small little tournament that I'm running, uh, my next one will be on June 6th at 1 o'clock. Um, you don't hear much about it. I'm sure they talk about it on the table, maybe two other tournament players. But, um, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot. Yeah. Before, when, when my room was bigger and, you know, had a uh, different array of players in there, I'd always hear the big one, obviously, was always, hey, I'm gonna, how long are you going to be at the WSOP this year? Oh, I, you know, I'm booked for a month over there, blah, 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 blah. You know, you'd, you'd, hear, you'd hear all these types of comments, um, even to the point where I was always asked at least once, once or twice a year, hey, are you guys going to run any satellites and give out prizes to the main event? Right. So, uh, as of right now, the the talk's been, you know, has, I don't want to say it's been minimal. It's, I haven't heard anything yet, so. Right, exactly. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, there are some other big tournaments upcoming, especially uh, one here in South Florida that I do want to mention is a tournament up at Palm Beach Kennel Club. It's called the Palm Beach Summer Classic, which gets underway next Wednesday, June the 2nd, with a uh, monster uh, $50,000 monster stack tournament. Uh, the buy-in for that is just $200. Uh, and uh, they have a whole uh, set of tournaments upcoming, 33 tournaments in all, including uh, a big main event tournament that will be played uh, with a $1,000 buy-in that kicks off. Uh, on June 11th. So the Palm Beach Kennel Club, our friends up there, Will and uh, and Noah and Tim, they run the show there. And Josh, uh, look forward to stopping up there, maybe saying hello to them. Uh, they have a great list of tournaments here and very reasonable. Uh, you know, $100, $200, $300 tournaments. Uh, the big ones are 1000 But uh, if you're a South Florida player and you just said, you know, I can't go over the Hard Rock and spend 1500 or 600 even, uh, this is a chance for you to play in a really good tournament that's not far up the road. Uh, deep stacks and uh, large guarantees uh, for the size of the buy-ins. Uh, you'll have to check that out. It's the Palm Beach Summer Classic, June the 2nd through the 13th. Uh, a few other things going on, including uh, the online schedule for the WSOP.com. You have to be, obviously, in uh, New Jersey or Nevada to play in these. But uh, this is a nationally known tournament that kicks off on July the 1st. Uh, $500, $600 tournaments, $1,000 tournaments, a whole list of tournaments there. And uh, that will be played from uh, the... Seven, the 1st of July through the 1st of August. So that'll be the all online. And then later in the fall, we'll have the WSOP uh, uh, event out at the Rio. So all st these things are coming up and some great events. Uh, so we'll be trying to cover all those for you if we can. Uh, but don't forget about Joe's tournament. Uh, you know, it's it's all relative, right, Joe? Uh, you know, different players are uh, Listen, uh, you know, they've, look for they've different. They've enjoyed it. They've been very successful. I guarantee $5,000, $2,500 for first place. And, uh, you know, the four that we've run so far this year, uh, they've all exceeded the guarantee. Uh, first you place, you know. First place has been as high as $3,150 for first. Um, so last one, if I'm not mistaken, first place was around $2,700, $2,800. So they, they seem to enjoy it, you know. They seem to enjoy it. It's a little different. It's a lot, lot less stress-free. It's a $60 buy-in with $50 rebuys if you'd like. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a fun little tournament, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I certainly will encourage people to do that. And that is this coming Sunday? No, the following Sunday, the following, uh, June okay. 6th. June 6th. June 6th. Okay, well, we'll talk about it a little bit more next week. Let's take our break on the show here. 
Uh, there's lots of little news and notes kind of stuff that I want to get to right after the break and a few other things we'll talk about. Uh, stumbled on a little bit of a strategy, not a web, well, it is a website, but a lot of YouTube videos. And I want to talk a little bit about that because you'll know, Joe, this is right up my alley. It was the first video that tracked me there was how to play ace rag in micro stakes, which is uh, perfect for me. There you go. You know how much I love Ace Rag. So uh, yes, that, that brought my attention in. And uh, basically, the bottom line is don't play it. <laughs> Fold it. <laughs> but uh, I'll talk a little more about that when I come back. Okay. And a few other news and notes. We'll get back to that when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, more of the show when we return. Big Dave, Joe, and Joe. As we bring you this show every week from South Florida, we hope you'll continue to join us every week here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Yard Council. Welcome back to this edition of Poker Action Line. Big Dave and Joe talking poker. As we uh, move forward here, and there's lots of little new, news and notesy kind of things that I was uh, looking at today, things that we've been talking about uh, over past shows that uh, most of the attention to them is kind of uh, waning a little bit, but they are uh, moving to a conclusion. And one of those is the uh, Mike Postel case, uh, the cheating case up in California, the northern part of California, the Sacramento region, and uh, the lawsuit that came out of uh, uh, his cheating basically on the live stream where he was getting the cards and, and his phone was on his lap and and people knew from the way he was playing these tournaments that he had to have some kind of advantage and he was sued uh, it was brought up by uh, uh, Veronica Brill and uh, you know they were kind of had it tossed out because the basically the court in California said these gambling uh, bets were not enforceable 
And that probably should have been the end of it. Yeah, Apostle should have been happy and just uh, disappeared from the face of the earth, basically. Uh, of course, his, uh, his money-making pursuits have ended. But uh, he came back and sued a bunch of different people that he felt had defamed him. You know, obviously, he knew he, he cheated. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. But he sued uh, different people. And one of those people was the host of a, a podcast called Poker Fraud Alert, Todd uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Wittellis, uh, but he is the uh, he's a successful poker player and also a uh, podcaster. And he came back uh, and filed a, a slap lawsuit, which is uh, slap uh, is the uh, abbreviation for strategic lawsuit against public participation, or basically. Uh, trying to get people from suing him, uh, you know, back and that sort of thing. And uh, so the slap uh, lawsuit was was uh, technically slapped on him. And uh, the judge ruled against Postel in the case and uh, said that he had to pay a $27,000 $27, judgment to Wittellis. Uh, Wittellis asked for more, but uh, that's all he was given in the case, though. But the whole the whole point is that uh, this guy was not only stupid to get caught cheating, but then makes things worse by uh, continuing the case and, and filing suit against people, including Daniel Negreanu and and Poker News and Jonathan Little and Joey Ingram and and people like that. And uh, he, he took on all these people, and uh, it was just stupid. A $330 million lawsuit for defamation of character and was eaten, was quickly tossed out, and uh, then he was in trouble. And now he's going to have to end up paying money, which he wasn't before that. <laughs> I guarantee you some lawyer friend talked him into that. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is his lawyers, once he filed that suit, uh, just basically dumped him. They got out. So Of course, because they... They knew it was a frivolous lawsuit, but somebody somebody uh, got into his head and, and told him to do that, and thinking that they could get a windfall, you know. So uh, this guy has do? huge rocks because uh, you know he had his lawyers there. Not only did they not want him to do that, but then he didn't pay them. So uh, you know that they, they dropped out of his case, and uh, you know basically it's an admission of guilt when you drop a defamation lawsuit like that. So uh, apparently this whole thing is over now. Whether anybody will get any money out of this guy is uh, is a whole other story. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, another chapter. <laughs> another chapter in the uh, cheating end of the poker world, which continues to uh, rear its ugly head every from time to time. Uh, but uh, supposedly the people from that room out there, uh, what is it called, the uh, uh, Stones uh, uh, room out there, uh, kind of rode free on it. Uh, they, they tried to claim that they were unfortunately and wrongly uh, accused, but they were never able to really prove it. And uh, I'm sure that that room has uh, dropped off in business in the, in the years since that happened. Well, listen, if I'm a player... Whether whether they were a willing participant or not, you know, it still occurred in their business, and I don't think I'd want to play there. So yeah, for sure, know, because uh, they're incompetent or because they're cheaters. E either way, I don't need to be playing there. Hey, Dave, I got to ask you a question. Okay. I wrote I read something. Excuse me on that uh, Facebook uh, poker dealers uh, application that's right. there in Facebook, uh -huh. right? And. I'm assuming that the WSOP, maybe you've seen it again, um, is guaranteeing $15 a down to try hmm. to get dealers out there. I, 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 I had not day, heard that. I've been, you know, um, I've been struggling to get dealers in my room as as are a bunch of other card rooms around, you know, around town. And uh, apparently this also is something that's gone nationwide. You know, because you never, ever heard of the WSOP. I mean, you know, they, they had, uh, you know, systems in place to assure themselves of having enough dealers for, for the massive amount of poker players that show up there. And um, so I guess it's a new break-in dealer asking, is $15 a down good? Okay, that was the question. Okay. Okay, now a down in poker is half an hour. 
So imagine, you know, you get two downs in an hour, you're making 30 bucks plus whatever your hourly wage is. That's the tip money, for, you know, at least as I understand it. And, uh, and I sat there going, yeah, that's, that I'm reading comments. I, I would have only imagined from either extremely spoiled dealers or people who are only making, you know, going, oh, my God, that means you're working for a terrible place. You're doing this. This is horrendous. And my mouth is open, and I'm going, what the hell is this idiot talking about? I go, I don't know how many people make 30 bucks an hour plus, plus you know, in tips, plus their salary, you know, plus their hourly. And all of a sudden, at least I saw some, some uh, I guess, veteran dealers coming back and saying, what you should do is take the job as soon as you can. And I'm just curious to see how you feel about that because I sat there going, maybe I'm just too old for this business now, but, you know, $15 a down, I can guarantee you I could bring out many dealers that have worked for 4 and $5 a down and some who didn't even get paid for a down, uh, which happened in Hialeah after our previous friends uh, did what they did over there. Um, I wanted to see what your point of view is on that. Well, I don't really have a good point of view because I, I you could tell me 15 bucks an hour is outstanding and then the next day you could tell me $15 an hour sucks and I probably would believe uh you either time. Well, it's it's not even an hour. We're talking half an hour, Dave. All right, 15, 15 so bucks for think, a down, right? What do you what would you think as a player cuz you, you haven't been on the dealing side of the table. You've been right, on the other right. side, okay? Right. So You've worked in a casino before as a slot attendant. I I don't know. I'm thinking thirty bucks an hour in tips plus whatever your hourly wage is is a pretty decent uh, uh, living. Yeah, for sure. When I would when I was a slot attendant, uh, you know, when we were had our best days, we probably made thirty bucks an hour because I I know they paid us ten bucks an hour as a salary, which later. They realized they could get away with paying a lot less, and they only offered new people $4 an hour. But uh, for those of us that started when we opened the casino, we got 10 bucks an hour, and we were making anywhere from $18 to $21 an hour in tips. So uh, that's right in the area of our best days, and I thought it was fantastic, and I could have kept that job forever if I could have handled it physically. Yeah, I'm telling you, Big Dave, it's just uh, – to me, it's amazing. I just don't understand it. I um... – I don't know what kind of money they've been used to. I mean, I could tell that some of these people never broke into to deal a you know a six eight hour shift you know here in Florida when the game was a quarter fifty cents and you know you were happy to make eighty bucks to a hundred. I I couldn't imagine how we would make that kind of money in a game where the people couldn't exceed a pot of ten dollars, but somehow we did. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and and just a few years later, when the Seminole Classic opened up. The uh, the very talented uh, young ladies and and some of the young men um, who were like I said very talented they were outstanding dealers had great personalities those guys were averaging about a buck fifty to a buck seventy a night yeah. in a game that could not exceed ten dollars I, yeah. I, I it amazed the hell out of me yeah pretty amazing uh, I think the only way you could get close to some of those numbers uh, these days is to uh, Stay at home on unemployment. Well, that's the thing. I mean, listen, <laughs> down here in South Florida, dealers that's, are That's the joke here. That's the joke here that people are making too much on unemployment that they don't have to work. Well, hopefully that's going to come to an end soon. Yeah, that'll be very, over soon. Very, very soon. Because everybody's hiring all over the state. Uh, you know, it, it, it really is ridiculous. But, hey, it is what it is. And I'm just thinking, Dave, you know, we have dealers that average more than 30 bucks an hour in tips in live action. But if you're a break-in dealer going to just deal tournaments, and from what I understand, they put you into the rotation. If you're good enough to deal some cash games out there, they don't pay what they pay down here, from what I understand. But still, you know, for some dealers to complain about making $30 in tips just kind of blew my mind. Wanted to know, you know, how you felt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Even I even wanted to ask Joe how he felt about that. You know, it's not as a gambler, um, if somebody making 30 bucks in tips an hour has the right to complain. 
Well, yeah, it's a. It's. I'm listening to you, and I'm. I'm bummed that Dave took a shot at the poor people on unemployment that didn't make any money for a year. You know, like remember, guys, like a lot of people lost a lot of money. They went into their savings. They lost a lot of money. That all ends in September, by the way, and the pandemic is over, which is great. But uh, I would say consider the source, Joe. Like, you know, whoever that was who who posted that, like. You know, it's just one guy posting his opinion out there in the world. Now you read it and you shared it with us, and now we know it and we're both feeling negative about it. Generally speaking, uh, I think $30 an hour is more money than most people with, you know, medium to highly skilled jobs make. And you said that that's not even all of it. So for someone to say that, I question their, um, you know, you, you described a scenario last week that was, very, you know, you deal with some really negative people. So there has to be a little bit of a premium for anybody that is to consistently deal with angry or irritable or just annoying people like you do as a dealer, sure. But $30 an hour, I would say you ask 95% of the people would say, that's really good, they're happy to do it, they would love to do it, it requires a special skill. And you happen to read a comment from the 5% that are just uh, not not in step like what what is the right number then is it is it 50 is it you know what's the right number everybody wants to make as much money as is possible but i think what you described there would be very enticing to a lot of people is what i think yeah thank you joe i i said well maybe i'm just out of the loop but no that's exactly what i thought consider the source uh, there's a lot of people that post a lot of dumb things out there and you know you can look at a a hundred comments and 98 of them are going to be a reasonable but we pick out the two unreasonable comments like, wow, what a moron. And uh, and we could talk about that. I don't know how many people said that, Joe. That is uh, pretty shocking. It, it, listen, as I was reading along, there was two or three people. And obviously you could tell by some of these comments that these are people that are just getting into the business or have only been in it a short time. But, you know, to hear somebody go, oh, quit that job. They're, 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 you know, they're not paying you, you know, they're not paying you shit, you know, and excuse my language, but... And and then I, I'm scrolling, going, this is incredible to me. And like I said, as I started to scroll to hear to read more comments, uh, you know, some of the more you know reasonable and logical uh, dealers, people who've been in the business, I would imagine, for any extended amount of time, were going, "What are you kidding me? This is you know, thirty bucks an hour is thirty bucks How an hour." Long? And I'm like you, I tell people, I go, professionals who have to go to school, you know, and get a degree, you know. Don't make this kind of money, you know, all the time. How long is a so, shift? Uh, uh, down is fifty is thirty minutes. Okay, but so, but how many cycles do you get as a dealer in a day? Well, it all depends on how busy you know your room is. Um, now, granted, in the World Series of Poker, I would imagine that and that they you know nonstop because of the different tournaments and, and, and multiple tournaments that they have on a daily basis, not to mention, you know, their cash room uh, room there is going on. Now, and, and here's one of the other things, Joe and Dave, that I was telling you. They're guaranteeing $15 a down. That doesn't mean that they can't make more than that based on the, on the tips right. and, you know, that, that, that are built into the buy-ins now, you know, and um, – so, again, I had a dealer down here. I won't mention her name. I didn't consider she was a sweet, sweet woman. I wouldn't consider her a very good dealer. She had language issues. Um, and she would go every year. She, she, you know, she spoke to the managers when I worked with her at, at another place, not, not, at, not at Miami Highline. And... Um, They'd give her the time off, and she made she made a, a ton of money over there, according to her. You know, it was, it was good enough that she be she was willing to leave her regular job and go over there for for the duration of of the WSOP, which is you know Dave and I've mentioned six to seven weeks. Right. Yeah, I so, gotta say I, that sounds I, I decent know. to I just, me. It just blew me away that you're gonna complain about making the equivalent of thirty plus dollars an hour. Uh, to deal cards. To deal cards, right. No college education, no uh, taking out massive loans. You can get this education around town to be exactly. able to do that. Exactly. I mean, you know, the, most places, you know, to teach you will cost you anywhere from twelve to $1,500. Yeah. 
So, you know, that that's your initial expense. Uh, and and like you said, Joe, you know, you did mention something that I didn't address, which was, you know, you do have to deal with some really nasty a-holes on the table, but they're the exceptions. You know, much like you said, I read the article, for, you know, read the comment from one or two people, um, but that one or two, two assholes on the table really can get under your skin. So... Like you said, to me, this is the premium that you're getting paid to be able to deal with those people. Well, exactly. And I, and I think that that's, um, that's part of it. It's like, is it dangerous? Do you have to worry about your safety? Are one of these people going to reach out and do something dangerous to the dealer? Are you safe? If you are, I, I'm telling you, I think most people I know would be very excited to make 30-plus an hour doing something that they could pick up um you know, a physical thing that's not going to break their body down. I think you just happen to read the wrong comment on that day. Yeah, I, well, I I guess so. I was just shocked to hear. You know, to me that was just a really extremely stupid comment, and yet I said, "Well, maybe it's me." <laughs> so I'm I'm glad I got your opinion. There Joe, are Dave. people, and Dave knows this. There are people who post really stupid comments on purpose just to see how people react. Stirring the pot. That's it. Happens all the time. Bad stuff, political stuff, shocking stuff. Yeah. There are people in no, politics absolutely. right now who say really inflammatory, dangerous stuff. Just Marjorie Taylor Green. How about her? Oh my gosh! Don't even. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> don't do even want to bring that, that up. Was, that was. Uh, let's finish out the show. We're running toward the end here, so let me just uh, fun, uh, bring up a couple of points here of things maybe to watch if you're uh, into that sort of thing. Uh, the Helmuth Negranu high stakes dual match. We'll uh, maybe for the last time, but it will go to part three. Uh, we'll see what happens. If Daniel can pull off a win, maybe we'll see more. If Phil wins, I have a feeling he's not going to take any more action. But uh, it is set now, part three for June the 23rd on Poker Go, uh, being played out there at the Aria on a 30-minute delay. And so June 23rd, mark that one on your calendar. Uh, that is upcoming. Also, the schedule is out for the U.S. Poker Open, which will be on Poker Go as well. Uh, that comes up with uh, several tournaments here in the next uh, few weeks. And uh, that will be, let's see, the first one is a June 3rd $10,000 No Limit Hold'em event. And there will also be a PLO on June the 4th. So just right around the corner, some interesting events. Uh, they'll have an eight-game event on June the 8th, PLO tournament on June the 11th, and a short deck tournament on June 12th. So you can see all different variants of this for uh, the new Poker Go Tour, the U.S. Poker Open, and then later on they'll have some other events uh, moving into the summer. So those two things coming. Uh, the online event, as I mentioned, starting on July the 1st. World Series of Poker out in Rio will be not till this fall, but uh, there's plenty of things uh, for you to whet your appetite with, and also, of course, uh, the Tampa tournament, which gets underway very soon, too. So uh, that's going to about do it for us on the show today. Um, some interesting discussions and, uh, you know, again, uh, we'd love to give you a real definitive answer on whether sports betting is going to be here by uh, football season, at least halfway through it. Uh, we can't be sure though. We just can't be sure. And, uh, we look forward to, uh, finding out what's going to happen there. Uh, Joe, tell us about your tournament. You, uh, it's a big part of your life now. Uh, we talked about me last week going to work in the Dania Poker Room as a brush. That's not until June 7th, but uh, before then you'll have a tournament coming up as well for your side. That's right. Uh, excuse me. Once again, it'll be for June 6th, 1 o'clock. That's a Sunday. Um, and, you know, the tournaments have lasted somewhere around the, the equivalent of around five, five and a half hours. Uh, we have a $5,000 guarantee, $15,000 Starting stack, 15-minute levels, and it's uh, a $60 buy-in with revise of $50. And, um, you know, we've been having a lot of fun with that, and people seem to have really enjoyed it because I get constantly asked throughout the month, uh, you know, after we have one, hey, when's your next tournament? Why don't you run this every week, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and that is something that's in the in the works uh, of us running it a little more frequently as soon as as soon as I can get properly staffed. So please come out there and join us. Uh, if you're you know li if you listen to our show, come out, introduce yourself to me. I'll be there on June 6th again. That's Sunday. Tournament starts at one. 
we will be pre-registering you uh, starting with that Friday beforehand if you'd like to guarantee yourself a seat. So that's it, Big Dave. Thank you. Sounds sounds pretty good. And uh, I will be down there to see you since I'm off for a little bit. I'll come down and uh, maybe play in one of your tournaments. Uh, maybe on the 6th. Who knows? I think I start the next day at Dania. So uh, anything I can pick up to uh, deal with the poker players uh, certainly will be in uh, in a positive uh, realm for me. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, you'll <laughs> maybe maybe this will be that one tournament, Dave. This is it, you know. <laughs> as long as I don't play one, Ace one, Rag, one, right? Eight. There you go. So let's not go crazy, uh, Joe. That's uh, that seems a little unrealistic. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave. <laughs> okay, that's going to do it for our show. Both Joes, thank you very much. We do appreciate. Uh, everything you do for the program. And thank you for listening out there. Of course, you can always subscribe to the program uh, on Spotify or on uh, SoundCloud, different places where you'll get the immediate notifications when a new show comes out. Uh, we've done several weeks straight uh, doing one show a week, so hopefully that will stick on for a while. But things are getting better around this country. And, you know, still a little bit more time. Still be careful out there. And, uh, you know, obviously wear your masks, uh, you know, there are certain situations if you've been vaccinated that you don't need to, but you still have to be careful. It's just can't throw caution to the winds now that we're uh, certainly uh, seeing the finish line in sight. So uh, be careful out there and, uh, you know, have a good time, everybody at the poker tables. Uh, I'm Big Dave Lemon. I'm saying so long and we'll catch you on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 